0: You are listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. During my last summer of college and the summer following graduation, I lived, worked, and studied in Washington, D.C. For reference, this was January 2018, one year into the Trump administration. It was a tumultuous time for many advocacy groups. The former president would release a new policy and chaos would ensue. We would spend hours a day combating misinformation and we were sidetracked from actually being able to give voice to the people who needed it. Many marginalized people from those who are undocumented to Muslims to LGBTQ plus folks were left asking the very question Jesus poses to Peter and us this evening. In the midst of the cacophony of agendas and rumors, who do you say that I am? in front of the Supreme Court, on the morning the court upheld the Trump administration's Muslim ban, I heard Jesus in my ear whisper, Who do you say that I am? In rooms where LGBTQ plus people were being described as pedophiles and threats to our children, I heard Jesus in my ear ask, Who do you say that I am? They call us monsters, aliens, illegals thieves, un-American, and yet God calls them and commands us to call them children of God, worthy of honor, dignity, respect, and love. For Jesus, it does not matter who others say he is. He cares about who we say Jesus is, and what we say about others says a lot about who we say Jesus is. My time in D.C. added another complexity because of the location of where we say who Jesus is and who others are and who others say matters. It's one thing for Jesus to ask Simon Peter to profess who he is in the solitude of a cave or the open road. It's another thing to be asked this question and give a response in a place crawling with imperial power. Jesus and his followers are in Sisera Philippi, even I butchered it, Tuck, you're good, a Roman town in northern Israel right on the Syrian border. There were many religions in the area, and the pagan people worshipped in 14 different temples. Herod the Great built a large temple for the Romans to worship, Caesar, we would say that Cicera Philippi would be Washington, D.C. today, or Wall Street, or the state house and the city hall right in my neighborhood, or any other place of great power and established order. For me, it was scary enough to march in the streets for climate justice and Katowice, Poland, while the streets are lined with ballistic shields, hundreds of police on foot and horse, and people being grabbed out of nowhere and taken to the side for questioning. For many in our world, who are the minority but painted as a major threat, this unsettledness and fear of existing in public amid established order is real. If you fear walking out of your home, you cannot possibly fathom speaking against the established order and power a right that is not yet guaranteed in many places of our world today. And yet, when the stakes are the highest, this is when Jesus looks at us and asks, Beloveds, who do you say that I am? I know that they say that I am. I know what they say that I am. But who do you say that I am? If I am being honest, most days... When the powers and principalities of this world have their grips strong around our necks, I sure as hell would say, I do not know this man. In our first lesson, we hear of two rogue midwives who save God's chosen people, one baby boy at a time. In the face of power and principalities of Egypt, they know the laws and orders from Pharaoh, and they also know the laws and orders from God. I am in awe of Shipra and Pua, who put their bodies on the line to go against the empire because they fear God more than they fear Pharaoh. They fear God more than they fear Caesar. They proclaim who their God is with their bodies, assisting in the birthing of girls and boys alike, for they feared God, and trusted God's steadfast love that had promised them deliverance one day, even if that day seemed hopeless and far away. For all that God had done, is doing, and will do for God's people, Shipra and Pua trusted in God's promise for deliverance for generations, even though it could have cost them their lives. Although the stakes are not quite as high today for some people, we are being asked where our allegiances lie. And rightly so, many of us fail to proclaim who Jesus actually is because the repercussions are too great and could lead to social, even physical death. And although the stakes of surviving our current manifestations of empire seem all too great, the stakes of failing to proclaim who Jesus actually is elicits a much stronger fear and consequence. When did we become so scared of proclaiming who Jesus is? When did we allow others to proclaim a Jesus, far from the one we know who lived and moved among us, who dined with the outcasts, who called us sinners and saints, who offers us lavish grace and a subversive meal that tastes of freedom, and proclaimed the word made flesh, who loved so much that even empire's violence and death could not destroy. In our postmodern world, with its established political rhetoric, I find it difficult to begin to actually answer the question, who do you say that I am? For the sake of progress, If we have said that Jesus is one thing, we have the human propensity to want to cross it off and replace it with something else, maybe more politically correct. For example, the heated debates in seminary over gendered language for God. There were some strong opponents that we needed to rid God of all masculine language and only use feminine language for God. And there were others that said What if we are then denying God the ability to have masculinity and femininity? In our hyper-individualistic society and the extreme of our own faith, Protestantism, we also have the tendency of proclaiming Jesus as our own privatized property, of which we solely can decide who he is, never mind what the person in the pew next to you proclaims. Or, we draw upon the rigid articulations of Jesus from our human, fallible, product of their time, ancestors of faith. These are the temptations of our church today to play into the binary arguments, the zealousness of being right, the hyper-individualism and blind assumption. And yet, Jesus offers us another way When Jesus asks Simon Peter, Who do you say that I am? the proper Greek translation is, Who do you all or who do y'all say that I am? It is a plural you. Not, What do you, Simon Peter, say? but rather, What is it you all have come to proclaim about who Jesus is? For many of my relatives in the Midwest, College was a place where young people were indoctrinated by hyper-liberal professors. How many of you heard that? Yeah? Okay, at least a couple. One of the most important things I learned about being a critical, thinking, global citizen in the 21st century from my undergraduate Lutheran liberal arts education was to always imagine yourself at a dinner party. One of my favorite English professors would say, imagine you're writing, and instead of you just being overzealous like you like to be, imagine inviting different voices to the table. Imagine putting them into dialogue with one another, knowing that not everyone will have an exact capital T truth, but perhaps we could get to a greater, deeper truth if we were to come together and realize how our truth may connect with someone else's truth. And in my experience at the dinner parties, this so-called indoctrination was far from the truth. Eventually, the dinner party would divulge into a food fight. And of course, my beautiful zealousness had lit the fuse. We had created chaos, the need for hierarchy, revenge, single-sided answers, and were convinced that there were and only will ever be winners and losers, liberals and conservatives alike. Once we were exhausted with cake and food in our hands and hair, there was a deep silence. And out of that deep silence, my professor would ask a simple question. So what do you all think? Who do you all say that I am? I have come to think of that question, so what do you all think? As a question, Shipra and Pua and the other midwives must have spent hours of conversation over food trying to answer. For some would surely want to follow the law and obey Pharaoh, and some would surely want revenge or just to preserve life. Who do you all say that I am? Like the early church councils, the debates and violence because of heightened passions and the immense weight and pressure of correctly articulating faith in a world of chaos and dominant discord. With Jesus in, with, and under, they too were asked, who do you all say that I am? The answer in the midst of empire is not what one person believes, for it is easy to squash the one dissenter the one rebel rouser we can curse out, the immigrant, the family who does whatever they can for their transgender child because that's what family do. does, the conservative whose best friend is gay, the veteran who stands up for peace, the young person who draws attention to our world on fire. And frankly, we have done that as we yelled from the crowds, crucify him, crucify them, crucify him. But what the crowds and the crowds of our heart cannot shut down or annihilate from the earth is a movement of people who fear God more than we fear any power or principality or political persuasion or rigid universal articulation of God who best describes himself with a phrase, I am who I am. And yes, the world may hate us for this, despise and reject us. But as I talk to young and old, gay and straight, cis and transgender, liberal and conservative alike, this way of Jesus, these politics of Jesus is something we all crave, we all long for, to be saved from the powers of this world and those we have come to embody. People of God, when we together boldly profess that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God, we proclaim that that we fear God more than any one power or principality. We proclaim our belief in Jesus the Savior, who alone can save us. We embody a ritual and responsibility of binding and loosening, turning the whole world upside down, With a true fear of God, come to the table, eat, drink, join the dinner party, and learn from each other as we begin to answer Jesus, who is the Christ's question. And boldly, with blessed assurance, have faith in who Jesus says we all are. Beloved. Amen. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org giving.